Welcome to Gel on Your Cornflakes, a podcast exploring the UK's amateur cycling scene. This season, we're focusing on the events and races that shape our cycling calendars. We're covering the time trial, cross-country, gravel, ultra, criterium and road racing disciplines. In this episode, we consider our own cycling media habits, which have led us to create this new platform for the stories we want to hear. And then we speak to Paul Haley, who puts on Hell of the Ashdown, one of the biggest sportives in the UK which is traditionally used as a brutal form finder for the season ahead. I'm Rupert Evans-Harding, your host for today, and I'm joined to my left by the Peter Pan of the Peloton, London's famous lurcher, the Right Honourable Andy Buckwell. Hello, it's good to be here. And to my right by the Salt of the Midlands, Lord of the Edgelords, the Cat 4 King, Alex Green. (laughs) Very good, Rupert. That would be Cat 3, but thank you very much. Good to be here. So, Alex, I'm still recovering from the news of your recent media subscription. Okay. Come on, who is it? Ah, okay, so this is what we're discussing. So, um, yeah, I've recently subscribed to Cycling Weekly. Wow. Uh, is that is that on the pulse? Am I... It is. Is that, you... is, that what, is that the new new subscription on the scene to have? It's, I... it's a shock. It's, I, I, I admire <laughs> you for it. Uh, having been there before and uh, you know respect for going back to old school print media <laughs> well you know I thought I'd psych- uh, support a bit of cycling journalism what gave you this idea you know what I was sat in I was sat in the shop the other day and there was a stack of them there and I've never really I've never really looked at it before and I opened it up just to have a flick and there was at least three articles in there that I thought oh you know that's Took took my caught my eye and I read through them and I I, I quite enjoyed it right and the thing is I spend so much time on on internet these days at work uh, looking at computer screen I've actually stopped using the internet to look at much else so I quite like the idea of having this sort of paper format thing that isn't too expensive isn't too daunting in terms of size and it's something you can carry around for the week and uh, it sounds like i'm promoting it as an advert here, it does this is, not, is, this is this not is not this is not the vibe right this is not what we're doing i think we were just genuinely interested in what each other were reading but yeah i picked it up and actually you know some weeks there's only one thing in there that i've i've seen other times there's three or four but you know just for a pretty low i have low to say it's, i i'm, it's, I'm it's a fan nice. of i'm a fan of the format it's the kind of low gsm lightweight title you can roll up stick it in your pocket yeah it content maybe not but it i'd like to think of it as the new yorker of the cycling <laughs> world in in terms of format but, but but i mean what's in it what's in it um there's been some great features in it well there's a, a few little training tips you know like what you you know just to get like uh, I, I guess if you're super super into your cycling it, it might not be rever- revelatory to you but i don't know there's certainly a few little bits i've learned in there uh cycling tips a good article the other day on some like quick meals that are good there's like three or four recipe ideas that were really good 
Um, there's the odd random story about something you might never have looked into before. I had a good one the other day about rogue uh, cyclists in the pentathlon over the years. A few that have, a few surprising that, stories. That sounds fun. Who did they? I, yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. I should have researched <laughs> this better. Um, I, I can't remember. There was a guy that had killed his stepdad. There was nice. There's one of Lance Armstrong's um, US Postal teammates in there. For I, I don't know if he was the guy that robbed one of them. Robbed a few banks. He was a bank robber. Amazing. I don't know if that was the, the US good. Postal guy. But there was three or four, and it was quite a entertaining they, article. They must have had the guy that killed a cat last year. He, he was forced to quit his I, team. I I'm not that. sure if he killed it. He, he, he shot, shot it. it with an air rifle. Oh, you're saying it survived? It, it may have survived. Oh, right, but, it, okay. but it was just the shooting. That yeah. I think he was. No, he wasn't one of them. He didn't make the cut. Yeah. But anyway, there's a, there's a few little fun pieces like that, um, and then they have a roundup of the results of the local races, this is which I never knew existed. Mm. So all these Cat Four races I've been, you know, doing all, all these years. Who could have known that? If, if I'd have known. My results going to be read out in the back of Cycling Weekly. Well, probably would have put more. I think you have to win a race to get. In no, race. no, no. Podiums are in there, and, and sometimes it goes down further. I think it depends how many races are on that week. Um, so it's got yeah. So that's great. And then what other thing? It always reviews an old bike, which always tickles my fancy. Reading about an old, an old vintage sort of bike, and then it usually features a new one as well. So you get your tech fix and. Just an idea of what's on the market and what's costing what. And you know what I mean? It's just nice not to stare at a computer screen. You carry well, it around when you get an odd 30 seconds and you read a bit of a magazine. I'm, I'm all for that. And, and you, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. You have a defined, contained format as well. It's not doom scrolling. There's a limit not to doom what scrolling. you can read. No. So, no. so it's, a, no. it's a neat package. So about less than a year ago now, my phone broke and that's a... Uh, I had to go and buy a new one on the spot and I didn't reinstall Instagram and it's the best thing I've done because the amount of time I'd just be looking at a lot of bike stuff a lot of other rubbish and uh, I'd almost feel hollow at the end of it so I'm, wow. I'm you sound like a Guardian columnist generally well I've stopped reading the Guardian as well because that's another one that I feel <laughs> hollow at the end of it as well <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm 100% cycling with you these days and the week subscription I also read that I've got a lot of respect for you committing to print again, um, but you. I yeah I I, I I buy Roulette occasionally, um, which is which I would say is the New Yorker of uh, of cycling press, uh, but uh, and that is you know that's. It's a it's a good read. It has some good articles, but I have to say it's a kind of aesthetic thing. It feels nice. It's got lovely photography. A lot of effort goes into the artwork, uh, and there's always two or three articles. But it is very expensive. Very, very what, expensive. How much are we talking here? It's thirteen pounds for a one yeah, month. Yeah, but is that a one month issue? Uh, yeah, how many times a year is that? This I should have checked is as well. It it's not. It's, I think it is. I think it yeah. may be every two months. I think yeah. it's more than a quarter. But what are you yeah. shelling out for? Week, literally weekly cycling. I think it works out about a ten a month. That's not. That's I think cool. I can't even remember now. But you always get a freebie if you sign up. I, I missed. I missed getting an offer. More like a free electrolyte. So at the moment they've got free. This really does sound like an advert. They've got free sports headphones, and I need a set of headphones. I'm like, ah oh, man, why not? Yeah, sign but they're generic the sports headphones. No, no, no. <laughs> they look. They look legit. They look legit. They look decent. 
Yeah, I got a I got a bike bag when I uh, signed up many years ago, which uh, what, I, like an air, like for traveling with your bike. Yeah, it was it was it was not particularly padded, so you wouldn't travel very far with it. Yeah. But I do. So there's me. I got nothing. I like yeah. a sucker. I just went online and press subscribe without looking at what offers on. It's like it's like going to Pizza Express without a voucher. I mean, what a mistake! What a mistake I've made. And after you told me of the uh, the results in the back. Um, I went on a quest to try and find a, a November uh, 2022 was it uh, issue, which um, just happened to have, just happened to have my my one win um, listed. So I'm about to get that. Did frame you get points for that race? Was there, was there enough people in that race? Yeah, there were. It was. It was. It's a winter race. There were over 40 riders. There were. not over 40 riders. I was there. <laughs> there were maybe 40 riders on the day, spread across the various. There were, uh, no, I think <laughs> there were at least over 20, which is half my original. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Anyway. anyway. But how does it compare to, say, Cycling News, which we, you know, everyone probably reads. Well, I, I read from Doom Scrolling, pick up their stories. I like it, but then suddenly you get to the one you want to read, and I get blocked because I, I, I don't subscribe. Uh, so I've, I've already read my five articles Just by the time in, I get to the Incognito window, yeah. and you can read Cycling News all yeah. day long. But are you, um, you going to broadcast that? Well, that's a that's a charity uh, mentioned for cycling news, so they sort it out. Because I'm I'm not in su- I'm in support of paying for media, um, but there is a way around cycling news. But anyway, uh, on, I, you hear so what? what well, what, I su- I subscribed I subscribed to Escape Collective two months ago, um, mostly because I had been re- I'd been listening to their podcast. The podcast have improved a lot, and uh, they just released a new series called. Um, perform, uh, performance process with Rona McLaughlin, who's their tech editor, who I think is actually the strongest reporter on their team. And um, they were publishing clipped episodes, so they would have like an hour and a half episode, and they would clip it to forty-five minutes and say the rest of it is is behind a paywall. And that got me in the end, and I and I caved in. I don't regret it. I mean, I think I think you've got to support these things, and and I think they do a good job of covering nearly all disciplines with a more irreverent take um and uh and i respect the way they emerged from the kind of implosion of um cycling tips a year or so ago so happy to support that but i mean it's um i think it is it is it is unsustainable i mean you can't pay for you can't pay for absolutely everything so some of it i think is good that it's free but uh but the paid stuff is i mean it's nearly always better so i think you've got to have something you've got to you've got to pay for something i think otherwise it's just you're just freeloading. Mm. So that's where you're getting your fix. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I've not, I've not, I've read the odd article with theirs. There was a good one the other day, and they they pimped up an, a Cannondale and made it as aero as possible. That was Ronan McLaughlin as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's good. I, I recommend it. It's the only one I would recommend paying for. Um, but I mean, I'd rather it came weekly in the kind of rag format, like <laughs> weekly. I'd lo- I mean, I would love to have those stacked up in my toilet. Um, but uh, but anyway, I mean, on to, on to this episode's uh, interview. So uh, over the years, I mean, Hell of the Ashdown has evolved from local club ride to an in-the-know must for domestic teams, winter training, to ultimately one of the country's biggest mass cycling events. So you, you two, Alex and Andy, spoke with Paul Haley a couple of weeks ago with Flam Rouge, who runs the event, which yep. is known now as a, a great early season tester. So uh, o- over to you for the interview.
Paul Hay from Flam Rouge Events. Could you, great, great of you to join us. Could you just tell us a bit about the Hell of the Ashdown for anyone that hasn't heard about this uh, uh, event? Tell us a bit about where it takes place and, and, and so on. Yeah, sure. So the Hell of the Ashdown, um, I think, is an, an iconic sportif that's um, got a lot of history. Obviously, um, Catford Cycling Club were the original um, founders of it, and they used it as a, a rally ride um, for, for their members and uh, during the winter. I think uh, it, it's been going informally for over sort of 60 years. But I think it was in the late um, 80s they formalised it into a proper sportif, and they actually took it online. And I was um, doing, doing some research myself, but it was one of the guys, guys who um, used to be the manager for um, Cat, the Cycling Club Bank's racing team that, was the, the, that um, created the sportif. And they used to have sort of um, 50 or 60 members ride it as an informal ready ride um, in early February, March. And um, they took it online and put it, turned it into a proper organised sportif. I think the first year, it was back in 89, 90, they had about 300 people turn up and do it from other cycling clubs as well. <laughs> so that's the roots of it. Um, and they used to start off in Biggin Hill and head down sort of um, through uh, Kent and into West Sussex and then do the loop around Ashdown Forest, up um, the Wall or Kids Hill and then back up into um, sort of Seven Oaks Weald and back up into Biggin Hill. That's that's sort of the original origins of to, to the to the um, sportif, and if you sort of fast forward and with Flan Rouge, we the event stopped. Um, they stopped doing it because I think it was quite labour intensive in terms of marshalling it and getting all their volunteers. Mm. I think they had a small army of um, sort of well, they needed about thirty to fifty people just to staff it up because they would marshal all the junctions uh, for the riders. Um, and then they, and then COVID um, I think came and. Uh, they stopped doing it, and they had two or three times where they were, because of the time of the year, they were hit by um, snowstorms or severe storms, so they had to cancel it. So it was a lot of effort. And, as, and, it, and I think by then it grown up to about 750 to 1,000 riders, so it's quite some undertaking. Mm -hmm. And it's being done by um, sort of uh, unpaid uh, community members. So we, so the connection between how, how um, Mark and I from Flam Rouge, how we um, um, took it on basically was... Um, we had a small sport team called uh, West, um, uh, called uh, the Wolf of Westrum, uh, which uh, it was a summer sport team, and our charity event partner was Chartwell Cancer Trust, which was the same um, charity partner for Hell of the Ashdown. So the guys at um, Chartwell said it'd be great if we could uh, get it going again. So we ended up just uh, chatting to the guys at uh, Catford and saying, you know, we'd be quite keen to take on the legacy. It's an iconic event, and it's, a, yeah. it's crazy. It's a shame that. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of been discontinued. Because how long was it discontinued it's, it's, for? I'm going to say about two, two or three to four years, I think. Yeah. And that was that during COVID. I thought, well, yeah, during COVID certainly. I think they got hit by there's a big storm came in the year before, so it wasn't they, they couldn't rerun it. Um, and, uh, and I think by the end of it, they were getting they were having difficulty trying to get the support from the club members. To, to, to man it up and staff it. And it is a big undertaking um, to, to do the administration and logistics and everything. So I think there was, um, they were, we were quite happy when we sort of approached them and said, look, we'd like to take it on. And it took us about yeah, a, good, a good sort of 12 months. We knew, we knew the guys um, on the committee, the treasurer, the chairman, all that, and said that we'd love to get involved and help you out. So I left it there and they came back to us and said, yeah, yeah, it would be great to um, 
if he could if he wanted to uh, continue it. So uh, we were quite excited. And uh, when we acquired it, we we moved it down the um, down the hill from Biggin Hill down to Westrum, mm. uh, down to Westrum Brewery. Uh, and Westrum Brewery, I think, is a is a great um, venue. Well, any brewery's got a good venue <laughs> for an event, basically. But uh, Westrum Brewery kind of lends itself um, with the space and facilities to for, for a sports event for the numbers number of riders as well. Um, so how many how many entrants are there this year? Yeah, I, mean, I know it's sold so, out. Right? Well, the, yeah, this year. So the the, the limit we set is um fifteen hundred riders. Um, and this year, we actually had the event sell out. It was sold out within 24 hours. Yeah. So traditionally, they always um, they, they, it always goes on sales on goes on sale on bonfire night, November the fifth. So when we first did it three years ago, now it took maybe about five days to get it sold out, and then the, for 2023, uh, it took about three days. But when we put it on sale, November gone by. It was gone within 24 hours, and we, and we have a wait list for about 250 people as well. But we just, uh, we just, we were amazed by how quickly it, it went. Yeah. Well, well it is, I mean, this is one of the reasons we want to speak to you is because it is one of the iconic events, uh, sportives in the in the whole country. I think that you know is probably the first major uh, sportive. It's kind of like a grand fondo of 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 the UK, isn't it? It's, it's that kind of uh, status. Yeah, I think it's. I think. I think it's a couple of things. I think it's timing. It, it, it being the first sports heat in the calendar, everyone sort of getting through the winter wants to go out and test their legs. Um, so people sign up back in uh, in November with that in the diary and that to work for and, and to and to focus through winter training. Everyone's always ambitious and wants that as their first target. And it, it is a demanding ride. Sort of, it's a hundred and one hundred two kilometres, with about fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred metres of climbing, and some nasty hills in between. Um, you've got Toys Hill as the first one coming up, and then you're going down to Ashdown Forest. You've got Twyford Lane, and obviously you're taking on the Wall uh, Kids Hill, and then coming out you've got Groombridge, and then uh, we've thrown in as a as a finale just to finish people off when they see the sort of five kilometre sign back to the finish we've then got Braisted Hill which is a, is a tough one to do it's I've done it different. I've done it a few times and and it is they are horrible horrible hills what, what is the, the, what is the stats on Braisted Hill because that is I mean it's probably it's quite fairly long but it is very steep isn't it so. yeah I think on, on that side of the of the ridge in on um, uh, Westrum it's um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it nudges or 12 to 14 Maybe touching sixteen percent in some places, yeah. but when you've done basically um, ninety-five kilometres, then you're cold and, and, and freezing, and you, you know you, you know the, you're back to the, back to base. It's literally a few kilometres, and you've got to go up this hill. And are you going um, away from the base that. at that point as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess the unknown quantity of this event as well is it could be a totally different event depending on what weather you get on the day, right? Like this could be a mild, fairly dry. Sunny day last last February was quite dry. I, not the event I'm talking about in February in general, but who knows what's in store this year? I mean, this week here it's been you know minus temperatures. Um, so I, I, depending on how you feel, right? Your body's working twice as hard as you're if you're plowing through all these cold temperatures and, it, and it's raining. But um, yeah, a bit of potluck, I guess. Are you worried about that? Yeah. Do, do you worry about yeah. the what the conditions would be? Do you get to a point where you have to think about um, sort of cancelling the event ever? Or is it, has that happened? Yeah, definitely, because um, last year we had that big storm, I think it was four or five days before the event. So when I was driving the route, there were still um, trees on the on the actual route. So we were then phoning up the councils in, whether it be Dallas or Sevenoaks or, or Kent or West Essex, saying, we've got this tree, 
can you can you shift it for us? So we got all the uh, but there was and, and, and then there's all debris and branches <laughs> over. So it's pretty um, strewn with um, yeah storm damage basically and gravel. So it wasn't nice, but the the, the route was all cleared up and it was as good as it could, as good as it, as it could be. And we, we've been touched with lucky with the weather the last two years. It's been cold and crisp, but there's been no ice. Mm. There's been blue sky. I think the uh, year before last. Mm. So people have got around. Um, but yeah, as you say, when you're riding it, because it's cold, you're burning that many extra calories yeah. and, and, it, and it's a hard ride and um, people do underestimate it. And I think, I think sometimes, you know, we sell 1,500 places. I think we have about 1,300 uh, turn up and do it. I think that's what it was. So you do have a few people who <laughs> think, oh, I'm, I'm not, not going to do this. Look at the weather forecast, yeah. 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 I mean, the yeah, first, so, first time I did it, I'm trying to remember. It was quite a long time ago. It was when Catford ran it, and and it did actually uh, snow midway through, properly snow, uh, and it was pretty well, very very bleak, um, and freezing cold. And I drove home in a snow blizzard. Yeah, you know, sort of packed my bike away. But um, but last year I did it last year, and it was um, I think it rained for about ten minutes, and that was it. But, yeah. But you you mentioned yeah, there. Last year we had a bit of rain and then hailstorm as well down on I think uh, during the race during well, during the event as well so we did have all types of weather yeah yeah I would, uh, you mentioned that ringing the council up or uh, to to move a tree and so forth what I mean because you you are you are in two counties you do go into Sussex don't you you're in Kent and yeah it's West and, Sussex yeah and do you, logistically how hard is it to organise it do you, do you just say right we're going to run this or do you have to negotiate with the various local councils or county councils and parish councils to get permission or how, how does that work? It's, it's actually quite straightforward because you're not doing a closed roads event. You just fill out, you do your risk assessments and you fill out a, um, you submit the risk, risk assessment uh, we, to, to the authority where the event's starting. So obviously we, our authority is Seven Oaks and then that goes out to all the local authorities or well, the police, NHS and um, ambulance service. So they're aware of the event and the police as well. They'll review it and then they come and if they have any issues or concerns, they come back to you and say what needs to be done. Um, but I'd say working with them has been pretty straightforward and we haven't had um, any issues um, with, with, with regards to the event. But I think the first year we had um, some disruption. I think I think because Everyone arrives early doors on a Sunday morning in February. There's not too many people around, but there was an um, issue with car parking where mm. people were sort of parking and clogging, not clogging, clogging up restroom. Mm. There's a bit of chaos and cars. You can imagine right, people are arriving late, just dumping the car wherever they can to get in there, yeah, getting yeah, their yeah. shoes and cleats on and jumping on their bike to get to the start line. So um, last year we managed to sort of source six or seven um, uh, private car parking space, car, car parking areas. We've now got uh, car parking for about 750 cars, so kind of solved that problem and, um, and uh, made it easier working with the Western Parish Council and Braystead as well. So, yeah, so kind of problem solved. So, is there much, you know, some sporties and races uh, get, get problems from, from locals who don't like cyclists? I mean, they had to, Surrey got sick of hosting Ride London and it moved it to, it's moved to Essex. What, have you, do you experience that at all? Any sort of anti-cycling sentiment or are you a sort of positive uh, contribution to the economy? Good question. I think in terms of where where the um, event starts and finishes based in Western, we we because we um, donate money to the two local schools as well as uh, Chartwell Council Trust. 
and we and we make sure Westrum uh, knows about that, so they they see the benefit of that going to their local schools. So we're fine there now and get and get a lot of support, and it brings in a good amount of income for the Western Brewery and other uh, other businesses on that site as well. We've had a few issues in odd places, like going because once the riders are up and running, they're out into um, sort of a quiet areas, uh, and there's no one around early hours on a Sunday in February, and they all and they all spread out. So once you get them uh, launched. Well, they go out in groups of 20, they soon disperse, going up Toys Hill, and then they all just spread out through um, yeah. Kent and, and Sussex. Um, but we had a, we got a, had, a, had a couple of issues where going through Ashdown Forest, um, we put there's a um, one lane there where there's a couple of Fords, and we sort of signposted it up. And this is in the middle of nowhere, there's no houses anywhere. But the following on the actual event day, the advisory signs have been taken. So someone had gone down there, driven down there, and, and shifted them, and that and that caused us um, oh, no. a lot of chaos and the riders because there was actually there was a, a hole in or there was a, a submerged pothole in oh, one before. People were go, people were going straight through that, so that kind of left us scratching our heads as to who had done that. Mm. And then we had a similar problem coming out of the second fee station when we signpost our route. We'll always do the the visual um, uh, placards on the. Um, uh, street furniture or whatever to, to root it and also we use um, uh, dissolving chalk spray on the tarmac on the roads yeah. so people can confirm they're going the right direction so that all dissolves away within a few days but someone had come out with a spray can and put, put the riders into the opposite direction so they've been coming up coming up out of wheels up Bailey's Hill which is a, yeah. a aggressive climb yeah. and then they're being sent back down this, this dirt track back into Weald. Um so yeah so again we there's no one out there. So someone's gone out there just to, so but that's something we're going to be aware of for this year. So, yeah, we've got a few ideas about how to try and solve that. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll be sticking some people there to make sure it doesn't happen again, yeah. I, I actually managed to go wrong last year. I was on my, found myself on my own and, uh, and and took a wrong turning. I think that was entirely my fault, though. Uh, I managed to add <laughs> 20 minutes onto my time looking around. But did that actually that raised the question. I mean, you talked about how it became a bigger and bigger event. How, I mean, in terms of people on the day for you, do you, how many marshals do you have out there or how many people have you got? Yeah, just going, going back a few years when Catford and, well, going back to say from what most sportives, um, let's say 10 to 15 years ago, when the use of bike computers um, wasn't prevalent and everyone was reliant on either a piece of paper to, to, to route themselves around the course or on the signs and marshals. I think marshals were essential then. And when we um, inherited the event, we looked at it and just thought, well, we, we, you don't want to stick people out there for three hours in the cold. And B, we think we're now at the stage where the majority of riders have um, Wahoos, Garmin's or whatever, and can use the GPX files to route themselves around. So we, we did a risk assessment. We worked out which junctions had a, had a danger, had an element of danger, let's say on a scale of one to five, and needed someone there. So we then scaled back the marshals to about four or five on the actual course. And we've had no, well, so we, yeah, we've had no problems to date. And the comments we've had back is the routes are so well signed, or you've, you've got lost, so maybe I'm going wrong somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 blame, I blame that down to user error. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I understand that's your fault. Uh, that's not, not, I'm not raising that as a criticism, that's <laughs> for sure. But I think um, we've kind of got the signposting spot on, we've been told that, and both on the, on the ground and on the eye level as well. In terms of going back to staffing, the main um, sort of our volunteers help us out at the, at the brewery 
on the start line, getting the groups dispatched in groups of 20. And then at the fee stations, which are the other two main areas where when the riders come in, it can be it can be sort of quiet on minute one. Then 25 minutes later, it's like complete carnage. Everyone's plowing in there and helping themselves. So we get, we yeah, we, we, we must have about, I guess about 30 to 40 volunteers who step up and help us out in the car parks to begin with. And then, and then down on the fee stations. And they definitely, we are in, are in big time because they put in a early start. And uh, they, all, they, they enjoy it. And um, it's, 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 a, it's a, a lot of hard work. And we couldn't do it without them still. Yeah. It's still essential part of um running a sportif yeah it tells about those feed stations uh, do you do you, i imagine so you've got 1500 or uh, so riders all wanting gels and nutella sandwiches or whatever well how much do you, is that uh, have you got any figures at your fingertips of how many gels you buy or how many liters of energy drink you're dishing out or yeah it's a lot but remember we've must order about three. I'm going to say about three thousand gels. We have to give out, and plenty, plenty, plenty of. Um, uh, I'm not sure how much you get through water tank wise, uh, water wise. Um, but they get through. The interesting thing is getting the balance right between. So when we order, say the sweet and savoury food stuff uh, and the gels, and um, we found on the first year we did it, because you, you, we did. We were trying to work out how many people will stop at the first fee station and the second fee station. So you take a gamble, say you split it up, let's say 60% for, to, yeah, to be your supplies for the fee station one and then 40% for fee station two. And we kind of found that on the first year, everyone stopped at the fee station one and we were getting calls saying we're out of stuff, we're getting problems here. So we're having to like get people down to the Tesco's or whatever, the nearest superstores and just um, get uh, resource down there as quickly as possible. And then quite a lot of people skipped past the second fee station. So we got the, we learned from that. And then for the sportive last year, I think, I think we got the balance better, the weighting in terms of where the, how much food and uh, supplies for each fee station. Um, but there's no hard and fast rule. I think it just depends on the weather. And, yeah. Yeah. One we, one, one we still scratch our head and haven't quite worked out. But we've, we've learned to... Um, over order and to have more because we the last thing we want to do is run out so we've learned just to um uh, to have uh, we'd rather be left with stock at the end of the day which we can then donate to, 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 to uh, charities or whatever or we can we know where to offload it so the worst thing to do is to have uh, hungry and thirsty riders turn up and, and it's fair enough yeah if i'm doing a sport team I, I, I would expect the um the fee station to be to be stocked because that's what it, the whole point of it i need it so yeah i'd have thought more people would have been skipping the first one you know, you think, oh, yeah, I'm doing all right. And then, but then everyone piling into the second one and going big. So how do people generally ride this? Are you giving a few people racing this? And do you try and encourage that or discourage that as a sportive? Or is it... Good question. So, because the first thing is, it's not we. It's not a race because exactly. for our insurance purposes, yeah. it's definitely not a race. Yeah. So uh, that sort of covers on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, I do think because... The um, head of head of the Ashdown attracts a lot of um, racing clubs and, and cycling clubs. There's definitely that race mentality, um, and I think going back to the, sort of the legacy is, I think when uh, when the UK had a really strong domestic race team, a lot of the local um, racing uh, UK race teams would use that um, to test their legs. I think it was um, John Herity and his team Condor uh, used to turn up um, year in year out. And he's with the support car, and you see, and, and they use it as a, as a race. So support there's cars. still definitely that mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. 
So there's still definitely that, that mentality and uh, people, it's competitive. So yeah, you, you get this, there's a, several um, local, um, well, like London Dynamo, uh, well, the Bradford CC, and yeah, they, 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 they want those um, podium spots, basically, yeah. Yeah. What was, yeah. the, what, what was the times last year? Was the fastest sort of time people are completing this in? So the fastest, the fastest time for last year came in about three hours twenty. Okay. Um, and then, so out of I think we had thirteen hundred people do it last year. Out of all those riders, there were only about fifty or sixty riders who were sub four hours. So it's pretty impressive to be in that wow. sort of um, that grouping. When, yeah. when I've done it, and I'm, I'm ninety kilos, I've done it in about four hours twenty twenty five. That's as fast as I can go. So just for someone to come in a whole hour quicker, I find that incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do have to do a shout out for our club member Rob O'Grady, who did come uh, second, according to one <laughs> one spreadsheet he showed us. But wasn't but wasn't racing it. <laughs> of course he wasn't racing. It. I guess you get people you do it each other. I guess they're eager to beat their own time, right? So I guess they're overzealous, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you riding it yourself this year, Paul? Uh, no, I won't be. No, I've, I've, um, I'll ride it um, next weekend to go and have a look at the route, first of all. Um, so I'll ride it a couple of times. Well, I'll ride it once, hopefully, just to check the route. We may well be um, altering the route this year. So we've just got a few other ideas in terms of going through Ashdown Forest uh, to reroute it. So we've got to, uh, and I think, I think I always find it useful to, to ride the route so you get the rider's perspective and then to drive it as well. Um, so I'll be doing both, but yeah, I'll, on the day I've, I've done my, I've, I've ridden it, so I'm not going to. Uh, I'm busy at the um, event HQ getting them all dispatched. So that's my excuse anyway. Yeah. No. So did you say the route is not yet finalised then for this year? Yeah. So we've we've just correct. Yeah, we've just got some. Well, the, the, the draft route is the same as last year, but we're thinking about um, taking out uh, Braystead, and then we'll just look at Ashdown Forest and work out whether we skip going through the fords. Uh, a lot comes down to the weather and the state of the roads and you, you know mm. what the potholes are like. Mm. So until we go and have a look at the uh, terrain and see what state it's in, then we'll make a decision, yeah. I think in previous years when Catford had it, they did use to vary the route. I think it's nice just to give a bit of a variation so you're not doing exactly the same. But uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll find out over the coming weeks what to do with it. I've, I've certainly done it four, maybe five times and I've never done the same route. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but did you host a hit you there? Say so you might take out Braystead this year. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think people Scoop. have been punished enough now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think we're leaning on leaving it out. So uh, oh. yeah, we can we can be generous because we, we did um. I don't think you should. The main change. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. Nah. That's what people go for the pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll quote you on that one and hold you to blame. <laughs> yeah. we, we did, um, last year we did, um, we had Hubbard's as the climb out of wheels after the, after the Feast Station 2. And then, sorry, the year before, before. And then last year it was um, Bailey's. So we may switch back to Hubbard's, but I think we'll keep it with Bailey's. I think it's a, it's a safer climb. Mm. And I, I, I went down Hubbard's over Christmas time and it was a, a shocking road because there's some construction. So, mm. yeah, so... We'll, we'll soon find out. So yeah, I've, I've drawn the short straw to ride the route, basically. So I've got a, it's on my list to do. Yeah. Well, any any uh, any tips for anyone that's not done it before? I think just yeah, take it easy. Because I think everyone, everyone when they set off like any event, you always you've got the adrenaline going, and you want to and you and you're riding with different people at different speeds. I think just go your own pace. Get over the first climb is um Toys Hill, which is after about three kilometres from from the start. 
and just um, spin your way up there. Oh, because when I ride it, if I can get out to Ashdown Forest at a, at a comfortable pace and just and feel good and, and feel warm, I think the main thing is just to always tell everyone just just get, wrap up. The more layers, the better. You can always take off the layers and put them in your back pocket or whatever. But if you haven't got the layers and you've got problems, and it's when they're down there in Ashdown Forest and your body's you've got this, this layer of sweat on, and you start and you stop, you start cooling down and trying to restart, and your body temperature is 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 up and down basically. So we do find people have a problem, especially at that time of the year. It could be like two to five degrees, and you've got the wind chill as well. So there's just yeah, plenty of layers. Stick plenty of uh, gels in your back pocket. Load up. You, can, you can't get enough calories. Just keep eating, yeah. keep drinking, and, and just switch between sweet and savoury. And then the other thing is, um, get, get your buddy bike serviced a month before and make sure <laughs> it's in good order. We, we, we have people just turning up, you know, on the day to say, "Oh, can you?" To you know, say to the mechanics that are there, "Can you? Can you have a look at this?" And like. <laughs> and they, they go, no, we can't. No, it's not a problem. Yeah, uh, and we do, we do play it up and say, look, guys, you know, big guys and girls, get your bike out of the shed and get out, get it, get it checked over, and, and drop it into the mechanics. That's what they're there for. Go support them. That's that's another good thing as well because we've got a lot, lot of um, uh, cycling uh, cafes and, and workshops, so we know to get work off the back of that. So that's good. So yeah, get, get your steed in good order. Yeah, how many sort of incidents like that do you have to deal with mechanicals or injuries and things like that? Is that that's obviously something you have to take into account, I guess. Yeah, in, in terms of injuries, we've we've been pretty well, very lucky so far. But going back up, back, backing up, so we have um, we've got medical support. So we have two um, med crews, uh, one based at the start and one uh, half around the course. So any problem, uh, if anyone does have an uh, an injury or an incident, they are there to as a as a first point of call, and, and we wouldn't do it without that. And we also have um, uh, four uh, experienced um, uh, motorbike riders who are out on the course helping out anyone and alerting us back at the um, HQ that this, this person's got a problem. So we flag them up and we know where they are and then they get dealt with and we have a, a, a two um, broom wagons who can, if they, if, they, if they can't fix it on the spot or whatever, um, we can then pick them up. Yeah, we, we I think last year because of the issue with the potholes in the forwards in Ashdown Forest, we had a, a couple of... Um, people with concussion coming off, but we um, got them dealt with, and the medics were there to help, help out and assist them. And then we took the bikes back to base and got it back to them a few days later. We've got the yeah, we, we couldn't do it without um, the motos and uh, the medical support. The uh, peace of mind for the riders, yeah. Mm. So, so you you run Flam Rouge events. Do, what, what other event do you, do you do as well as the have the Ashdown? So uh, we acquired um, also. Holland Heli Ashdown, we acquired um, the Kentish Killer, which traditionally has been run back to back with Heli Ashdown, so as the sort of um, opening sportives for the UK market. Again, it's a similar story as Avanti GS, who'd um, created and run that sportive down at Brands Hatch for uh, 10 years plus. And they got to the point um, where they didn't have the manpower uh, to, to continue it, and that wasn't going to go ahead. And we said, well, look, you know, we've uh, Taken on Heli Ashdown, and, and they'd ridden it and seen how well we we did the event. So, and 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 also it raised a big amount of money um, for Kent, Surrey, Sussex Air Ambulance, and that had come to a stop because they weren't doing it anymore. So we said that we'll, we'll be happy to take on you know, the Kentish Killer. And I thought that, I thought in terms of organising it, it would make sense to have it all done back to back. And it wasn't until the, we did it back to back for the first time last year that I realised how 
much work it was over that sort of two-week period. Yeah. So anyway, that, that was my problem. But, yeah. Let alone for so, yeah, cyclists. So we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it was nice to be able to do the double. And, and um, again, it's sort of historical and legacy there. And the two are linked to each other and have always been done um, on alternate weekends. And yeah. people do like to go out and destroy themselves. And what was good, because um, I've, I've ridden the Kentish Kill and I was always intrigued that they'd never started on the track so when we took over we said to Brantach can we use the track to start it on can we actually ride the track and they went well yeah of course you can do yeah so we then moved it from just starting around off on, on off the ground in, in the car park basically by the um Kentigum, the restaurant um starting on area and we started on the track and the, and the um the riders now get to do a uh, well half a lap of the uh, last year was half a lap of uh, of the GP circuit, and then they go out onto the onto the Kent roads. But I always say, you know, enjoy doing the lap, enjoy doing the uh, yeah. part of the circuit because the sweetest tarmac in the whole of Kent, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Not it's, it's only downhill from here so, or uphill. Exactly. I think, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then one the the other sporty we're going to try and launch this year. Uh, is looking to do an event over in um, northern France in Calais. Mm. So the idea is that people will just um, uh, the route uh, going out from Calais down Sanget, beautiful um, coastal roads, about 100 kilometres. So our, um, we're trying to put together now a sportif for June uh, to do uh, sort of a ride Calais event. So everyone just gets themselves across on the ferry or Eurotunnel parks up in Calais, and then signs on and. Um, We've got the routes designed now and done, and uh, take them out around Calais, and then back in a few beers, and back on the ferry and back home. So it's a full long day, but that's our uh, sort of aim to, to a new mm. event to launch this year. Uh, so we're just trying to put the pieces of that together, and then get something out to the market uh, within the sort of uh, next month or so. Can I just ask you, you, you you're planning a, a other events at Browns Hatch, is that right? Yeah, that's right. We've done. Uh, uh, our event charity partner for the um, Holy Ashdown, Charlotte County Trust. They're doing a big fundraiser um, uh, at Brands Hatch on May Bank Holiday weekend. And they asked us to um, put together a number of uh, a cycling events and uh, a running events. So we've come up with the idea to do a um, club or we'll do, to do a TT, a time TT event at Br on Brands Hatch. Because um, it's been done about a decade ago. Um, there's been a couple of clubs that have done it, and Revolve was Revolve 24 was the organisation that did it a while back. So we've always and we're quite keen to bring that to revive that because we knew we know how popular it was um, mm. when it was done last time round. So we're busy working on that and the format and sort of the team sizes and mm. the distances um, and whether it's road bikes or TT only. So we're just uh, working on that. Sounds also, like a great idea. That does. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we're excited, and mm. at the same time, we're, we're sort of branching out now into, into we can ask, they, they want to do a, a, a time 10k, and having had a chat with a lot of the tri clubs and the running clubs, there was massive support for that as well. So we're just um, putting the uh, logistics for that together. So that should be a fun day of sort of uh, running, riding, or walking and talking, and and, and a bit of, sort of a family and a uh, family-sponsored uh, run-and-ride as well. Yeah, that's, the, mm. that's keeping us pretty occupied, yeah. I, I can imagine there'll be no shortage of people interested in doing that, clubs wanting to get involved in a uh, team time trial. That sounds amazing. And the running one as well. Mm, and the running, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And anyway, you're, you're currently out in Spain while we're shivering here in London. You're... Yeah, certainly warm weather. It's been in the sort of um, uh, mid-20s or yesterday and uh, 22 today. So I'm, I'm currently based um, about 60 minutes north of Alicante. Uh, the area is known as Halon Valley. And at the moment, um, it's about 13 to 14 World Pro teams doing their um, second phase of pre-season training. So it's a, it's like the cycling universe has come to this area of the world. You can just sit in a sit at a um, cycling cafe having a coffee, just, and all the pros are just dropping in, and it's just a great place to be. So um, we're, we're happy to bring out some cycling groups and, uh, and do some cycling holidays out here um, this year. Uh, so it's a, it's a great part of the world to come out cycling and it's accessible and great climbs. And if it's good enough for the pros. Everyone else should be here following in their footsteps, basically, yeah. I think we should diary that in for the next year's <laughs> pre-Hellodashdown training. Yeah, sounds amazing. <laughs> it's definitely not the, uh, the vibe right here, though, in, in, in London, that's for sure. Okay, well, look, I think uh, that, that's been fascinating talking to you, Paul. Really appreciate your time. Well, there you go, a recording made in Andy's kitchen there. Everything you need to know about Hell of the Ashdown. It was very interesting chat. I mean, it's a lot of effort goes into organising an event like that and a lot of responsibility for they take it on. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it was fascinating. He was a great guest, wasn't he? He was really good. He was the first yeah. guest, first, especially. First guest. I'm very grateful for him for, yeah. for, for, for letting us do that, to keep taking his time out. Absolutely. He was in Spain, wasn't he? He was enjoying it while, while we yeah. were shivering in yeah. my uh, acoustically unsound kitchen. He was in... in he was uh, in Spain, Spain, wasn't he? Sunny, yeah, sunny I was quite jealous of that. Very jealous. Um, so it, was, you, it was fascinating. So you guys both doing it, right? You both signed up? Definitely. Yep. There'll be a bunch of us. I think we'll be start on the start line with about five of us, six of us. Yeah, maybe more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, preparation is in full swing. We've had it in the calendar for a while. Uh, last year, we did it We did it as a group last year. And I have to say that it caught me off guard because, all, I mean, Paul's <laughs> right. It is it is a form finder. but um, And he's also right. It is not a race. But um, it was raced let's be honest, last year. And I was uh, a little bit surprised at the uh, competitive nature of the ride. So this year I've, so you, you, I've tried you to be more prepared. Very well. I've tried, no, I thought, I thought I was pretty happy with my performance <laughs> last year. But um, I've, I've had a virus the last two weeks. So I think I'm kind of, oh, here um, we go. <laughs> I think I'm getting my excuses in early. Uh, I'm not, I'm not in fine fettle, but um, I've definitely had it on the, on the training Pete's calendar for a while. And I think a few of us probably have. Uh, it's a hard ride. It's, he's right. It's a bloody hard ride. It is a hard ride, and uh, I won't be treating it as a race, but as a... Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, I can't race against you guys. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I will... Uh, I, I am... But I am looking forward to it, and I, I, it is a great challenge. I mean, it, we don't... We we normally ride in Essex, and it's pretty flat. Yeah. And it's really good to have, uh, you know, six or seven really big, uh, challenging, steep climbs. Although very disappointed, Paul hinted at it that Braystead Hill was going to be taken out, um, and that is a real beast right at the end, and you're going in the wrong direction. It uh, was and, savage, and, it, and very disappointed that, that is now not going to be in it. Is um, that confirmed? Yeah, yeah. I I am disappointed. I it, it, last year I was disappointed that it was in it because <laughs> at the end it was just an insane 
you know, lowest, you're, you're really maxing out your gear range. There were people walking and... Uh, Someone fell off. I'm not, what, just keeled over? Yeah. Do they survive? Just so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. It's a horrible climb, but it is an awesome way to end the ride because you've done a bunch of hard climbs and to suddenly have to have to face that at the very end and you know it's the last one as well. So if you've got, you know, if you've got a few stragglers with you, you know this is your last chance to shake him off. It's not a race, but it's your last chance to... <laughs> To shake him off before you before you go to the line but even from there if you shook anyone off you've still got about 2k of um there's flat a, and yeah there's it, a bit on the ridge isn't there you've a bit got on a the ridge. power on there and there's absolutely. a bit of undulation which still hurts absolutely i I'm, I'm i am disappointed that it's not in there but um but yeah it's been an interesting one and i think i think it is it, i mean i think it's a great thing to have in the calendar because it forces you to think about long ride as well three three and three hours three hours no sorry Paul said a good it time was three time. hours twenty. Yeah, it was, no, that was three, a winning sorry, time. Sorry, yeah, it was a winning time. Four, four under four hours. hours he's saying. I think he said only fifty of the fifteen hundred riders finished under four hours, or fifty or sixty. 60, right? which, yeah. which does give the measure of it because it's what it's just over hundred k. Yeah, yeah. So if, if it wasn't for having this in the calendar, I wouldn't be trying to do long, hard rides in the next two weeks. So it's good to have this kind of stuff lined up. But I mean, how's 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 your preparation going? There's lots to. You've got to think about your training. You've got to think about is your bike ready? What what kit are you going to wear? Fueling, spares. Lots to think about. Logistics of getting there. Yeah. How how is your prep going, Alex? <laughs> You're not signed up. I'm not signed up. No, no. Shamefully, I'm sportive not signed up. Sportive snob. <laughs> no, no, not a sportive snob. Not a sportive snob. Um, What's your no, reason then? I didn't sign up. Why didn't I sign up? Because commitment phobe, aren't I? Uh, too far it was too <laughs> had to be too prepared too far in advance and it sells out too quickly to be honest if i'd known all you guys were doing it and it hadn't sold out quite so quickly i think i would have signed up but you know what i'm so glad i didn't now because a lot of stuff going on lately i've not been getting my rides in i've not been getting my weekend rides in i've not hit i've not done a 100k ride this year, maybe. God, maybe I'm glad one. you haven't signed up then, because this would. Well, you know, not, that's not true, Alex. I've been on several hundred k. No, you haven't. I don't think. I maybe one. I maybe I've only done one, but I've certainly not done one the last few weeks. That's all. Um, didn't even ride last weekend. So I'm glad I'm not signed up for it because I, I I don't have the. F I'm starting my I'm starting my training this year. In in the spring, <laughs> I'm having a proper winter break. <laughs> I'm having a proper winter break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, so it's not a base season. You actually having a full six month rest period. Yeah, I'm, I'm just having a bit. Of, I'm just taking that. it easy. I'm not. I'm not getting caught up in how fast you boys are going. I'm just gonna whatever. Yeah, I'm right. gonna take my time. But um, yeah. Also, yeah. I just, I, I, you know, dodgy weather. You you don't know what it was going to be like in February. And I thought, oh, you know, I didn't know whether I'll be here or what I'll be doing and. I quite like the idea of on the day I can get up whenever I want while you guys are slogging it up at 5am whatever running well, around that's the thing. putting I mean, to get to pads on things, we haven't even sorted out how we're going to get there bike it's route not, it's not that early a start what is it, is it not too bad not compared to the times you guys have been going yeah. out with. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. but there's a lot to prep I, I went on a ride on uh, Sunday just a little solo ride and I had an absolute mare on, on uh, tubeless failure um, no sealant in the front wheel wouldn't seal obviously wouldn't if there's no sealant in there GP 5000s it doesn't matter what tyre it was it's my fault for not putting sealant in and then pulled over plugged it didn't seal got my pump out to pump out my pump seized 
<laughs> so luckily, I'd had a, I'd had a, unusually for me, I had a CO two in the in the saddle bag, so I CO twoed it. Um, it it took me about forty minutes on the side of the road, and this is very unusual for me. And it was horrible, but I was so glad it happened because I've I've replenished everything and got my bike in tip top condition for for hell of the ash down on the coming weekend. But I mean, it is a reminder that you've got these these tubeless seems like a miracle, but you've got to you've got to keep it keep that sealant topped up and keep it replenished. Um, I mean, what what are you riding, Andy? What, what what what's your situation? I will probably ride my beaten up winter bike because oh, it's it's actually quite lightweight. It's a good climbing bike, uh, uh, and um, yeah, it's not got carbon wheels on, so I don't have to. And it's rim brake, old school rim brake. Mm-hmm. So I, the braking going down some of those steep descents is a that's bit no, safer. That's another that's another reason why I probably hesitated to enter my bike handling. In the winter, on the, those Kent descents, is uh, there you know, with other people, with other people around, with other people around me, I probably wouldn't be the safest. You, you definitely want to, wouldn't want to be following my wheel down. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah. but you're in flying form, Andy. You should be. You've been, um, you've been putting those long slogs in at the weekend. You've been very consistent, man to beat. Yeah. I think. Uh, what about kit skin suit? <laughs> skin suit? Absolutely not. I'll be wearing several several suits. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be keeping very warm. It's it's February, uh, so I'll be wearing almost certainly be wearing uh, long long bibs and um, and and. So you're layers. wrapping up and really yeah, treating definitely. this like an old as, school as Paul reliability ride, as he said. As, as Paul said, Not r- layer up and take them off. Take take the layers off as you warm up. If you warm up, um, yeah. fair and enough. And that will definitely be my policy, and I'll be eating. Yeah, fueling. huge amounts regularly. Talk about fueling. How, what, how many gels did he say? He has three thousand gels. I'm gonna have three thousand yeah. gels. <laughs> that is, that's yeah, worth stopping to stock up at the feed stations. But I, I, I will cram a few in my back pocket and eat regularly through that. Yeah, yeah. that's that is, is definitely one where you need to eat, eat plenty, and wrap up. I'd say <laughs> uh, the first time I ever did this was many years ago. It's it was an appalling snowstorm right in the middle of it and it was you know it wasn't forecast and it was it just apocalyptic i like the sound of that it sounds like a kind of 1970s yeah i do do like the sound of that actually yeah lobster gloves it's great reminiscing about it yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean yeah i mean you're not one for the cold though are you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i look forward to how you guys get on well we'll be down there what what's the date again remind us it's sunday the 25th of february so um we'll try and get hold of uh of paul while we're there and and get a little uh interview with him on the day and and let you know how it goes for us so it's i'm not even here actually so it's a good job otherwise i would have maybe even come down Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah. with a tiny can of Fanta yeah, I'm again. Going, I'm on holiday. Oh, yeah. A towel so it's a good job around, I didn't around up. the neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. What a shame. Oh, oh I'm ge- no, generally gutted. I would have, I would have. Well, would it does have... finish in a brewery as well, so That's it's, true. it's got a really. Yeah, it's got, yeah. yeah, got a really good vibe. Really looking. Oh, I'm good. To. No, I'm not. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good, good. That was the purpose mm. of this whole exercise. <laughs> Right, well, uh, that's enough for this episode. We've got plenty of topics to pour over in future, so make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already and send it to a friend in need. Uh, you can follow Gel on Your Cornflakes on Instagram to stay in touch and slide into our DMs if you want to have a word. So uh, we'll see you or speak to you next week. Ta-ra. Good night. Yeah, cheers, guys.
Jeremy Coflake.